on top of everything, on top of like all this shit, the reason I do what I do is just because I want to make music. That's all I want to do. Like that's literally it. Just make music. Performing and everything is something I really love too. But that's number one. If I wasn't making music, it'd be none of the other stuff, you know. Welcome to Making Conversation with me, Grant Bryden, a podcast about music, creativity, and careers. For this series, I've sat down with a range of artists and creative professionals in order to learn about how their unique experiences and perspectives can help us in our own creative and business practices. For this episode, I spoke to singer, guitarist, and producer Omar Apollo. A first-generation Mexican-American, Omar grew up in South Haven, Indiana, and taught himself to play guitar and make beats on YouTube. He began to generate buzz online in 2017 with his soulful debut single, You Got Me, which blew up on streaming services. And he followed up with two independently released EPs, Stereo and Friends, in 2018 and 2019 consecutively. I sat down with Omar the day of a sold-out London show at Heaven in December to discuss his journey so far. What are your earliest musical memories in terms of music that you that you listened to or heard that you were like affected by I'm trying to remember when i was like really young i know like when i was older like 18 but when i was really young damn i don't think i know yeah <laughs> what was it when you were 18 then? oh when i was 18 i was listening to the ego death album for the first time by the internet and that's kind of what got me like started maybe like fall in love with like all these different types of music you were at McDonald's at the time, right? Yeah, that's the, that's when like I became like kind of obsessed with it, and I was just just like didn't want to stop listening to music. And that's, that's when I first there. noticed because I read the story that you were first there. You were in McDonald's like crushing up boxes. Yeah, I was like seventeen. That yeah. yeah, that was the vibe then. Yeah. <laughs> I was just uh, I was in high school, senior I think, like seventeen years old. Yeah, I was just back there crushing boxes. I had my headphones in, and right after I heard that album. I remember like my brother picked me up and then um, he took me like the pawn shop and like I bought a guitar. I already had experience playing, but my guitars before got stolen. So I just like kind of left them. I was just like, whatever, I don't have money to buy another one. Then I went to go buy one for like 40 bucks. And then I just like plugged it into the computer and started making beats and stuff. What was it that led you to listen to that album? I heard a few songs on SoundCloud and then I like, I had, I had Apple Music, so and I was just like went on Apple Music and downloaded the whole thing. I remember, I remember like listening to that album so much. I never got tired of it because you know how like you filter through albums. Yeah. Like yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, like oh, I'm gonna listen to this for like the whole month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that was like a year and a half. I was just didn't get tired of it. I just like loved it so much, and I was just listening to it, and like I would just listen to it. I didn't like I know like most of the words, but like I would just. I'm not the type to like learn words. Yeah. I'm more like melodies and like just listening to like chords and bass lines and stuff. That's what I remember mostly if I'm just like regularly listening. But now I think like I've developed into a different type of listener. Now I like to know words. Was that the first album of theirs that you listened to or had you heard the previous I've heard stuff? I've heard some like other stuff. I've heard like like the the cocaine one and yeah. then uh don't you? But that was like the first front to back project that I was like this is cool i know you you'd started already making music before that right when you were like 11 um no i had i had just was playing guitar okay i was just playing by myself and then i started playing at church when i was like 14 but what was it that first influenced you to pick up a guitar what what was it that made you want to do that 
I don't know. Someone asked me this a, a while ago. I don't remember. I think I asked for it for Christmas or something when I was like super young, like 11 or something. And then my my dad got me like an electric guitar, but it didn't have an amp. So I traded it in at the pawn shop and got this acoustic guitar and just started playing it. I remember just like I'd go on YouTube and like pause videos and then like copy people's fingers. It just made sense. It was just easy. Just yeah. like little finger movements. <laughs> What music was in the house when you were growing up? Was it a musical household? Were your parents listening to stuff? Yeah, every morning they play like some super like Mexican stuff. All the old singers from the fifties. That's their favorite thing. It's funny because I realized like with my other cousins and their families, they have different tastes. So like I'd be like I would know all these people from the fifties, and then their parents would know like cumbia. Like, my parents don't really know cumbia like that. They know a little bit, but just, like, different types of music. I'm just like, dang, I kind of wish my parents were into that and right. raised me on that a little bit more. <laughs> when you were younger, did you like your parents' music, or was it something that you kind of It's just background stuff. Yeah. But then there's a few songs I was like, this is crazy. Like, I would get chills and stuff. They liked a lot of young singers, too. But do you remember what any of those songs were that gave you chills? Yeah. Uh, I think it was La, Mo- La Mochila Azul, The Blue Backpack. <laughs> That one was crazy. And there's this other one that they do yodels. It's like a, fuck, how does it go? It's like a... And I, was, I remember hearing it for the first time. And I was like, what the heck? Because I never heard people yodel. And then a little kid yodeled. And that's when I was like, oh, this is crazy. If if I find the video, you'd, you'd get chills. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. So even then, <laughs> you were kind of like more interested in like the melodies and the sounds than sort of looking yeah, for Yeah, never words, yeah. yeah. That's where like me and my mom always had conflict. She was like, she always wanted the message of the song. Always like, when she was listening to music, but the message, the message. I was like, I don't care about the message. <laughs> I was like, I, just, I like how it feels. I like how it made me feel. I would like listen to songs and know everything about it but the words. I didn't care. I just loved feeling like just like the music in general. You said you become a different listener now. When did words start to become more important to you? Probably when I started writing. That's when like I was like, okay, let me start dissecting and like analyzing other songwriters. I didn't want to like do too much because I feel like when you learn too much, it kind of stifles you. If I learn too much theory or something, I'm just like not going to create the same. I don't think that's like completely true, but it's, I just haven't. It's my excuse. Like that's why. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like when when you want to kind of do something, you rather than trying to take lessons or something, you just go and figure it out through looking at other people's work. Mm-hmm. What what do you think it is that makes you have that approach? I was talking about this the other day with somebody, and I was watching a Bruce Lee movie, and it said the same thing. I was thinking, I was like, this is crazy. Basically, that like people start putting like names to things, names to like how the way you should think or do something, and it should just be emotion it should just be feeling and that's what i've been doing this whole time like it's just when i'm in the studio and i'm making music it's just there's no like like rules or anything it's just kind of like how i'm feeling at the end of the day it's just when you play something it's just literally like that's how i'm feeling like this is sonically this is what i feel like (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah so you just play it and it's just like that's just how i'm feeling like there's no other like explanation I have like no clue how how it happens, but it's like super fun all the time. Cause otherwise you you start getting too serious. It's like you start getting you start doing too much. It's just not fun anymore. So I just kind of just let things happen. When did you first record something? What kind of brought you to do that? 
I was in high school still. I was 17, working at McDonald's. And I bought a microphone for like, it was so funny because I was at the guitar center that I used to work at. It was before I started working there. I remember like not having enough money for the microphone. And uh, I went there, I was gonna go buy it. And I was like, oh, I don't have enough money. Like all this stuff. It was like 200 bucks. I had like 180 or 170 or something. And I was so stressed out. Like I was like, damn it. Like I was, I was planning on buying a mic today. And then the, the dude just like saw how devastated I was and how ready I was to buy it. And he just like gave me his family and friends coupon. And then I was able to buy it. Then I went home and I made it. Um, and then I just, it was just like a USB mic. Yeah. I just plugged it in and just started singing over beats I found on YouTube. I wasn't okay. producing yet or anything. Just like stealing YouTube beats mp3 converters and did you did you ever upload any of that music or at that time was it literally just you were recording stuff and saving it i mean i'd show my friends i uploaded yeah when i was in high school i was 17 song sucks it's called i think it's called i love ya right ya like so stupid but i bought the beat for like 30 bucks and then that's kind of like just snowballed from there finding your voice was a kind of interesting part of your process and i read about how you recorded stuff onto an iPod touch and like played it to friends and stuff dude yeah that was in high school too this was before I, I got all the equipment right I was just literally just trying to learn how to sing I remember just I'd have like nine minute voice memos that show like my I uh, show one friend who's my roommate right now and I was yeah I was like 17 and I'd be like you gotta listen to the whole thing so I tell him put him the whole thing I'm just like just wait just wait for this one part I'd make him listen to the whole thing and it, was, it wasn't good yet it was bad. I remember him, he was telling me that too. He just didn't want to say anything. He's like, bro, it was really bad. I was like, yeah, I know. But I always had a good ear, so I just kind of waited it out. Then I was like, oh, now I get it. How was it to be a teenager who's like recorded something and is trying to share it and then be told that it's not good? Was it difficult? No. No, it never made me mad. Because my whole life, no one, no one would like give a shit what I had to say ever. Ever. When I was younger, in school, like the teachers, anybody... So it just like came to the point where it's just like, I just want to do this because I like it. So, I mean, I just kept doing that. And then people had their opinions, whatever. And just kind of, I didn't care. I mean, like, and like my family, it was kind of the same way. They were just kind of like, whatever about it. I just kind of ignored every, everybody pretty much. And just like, I just loved it so much. I didn't really care. You said about how you've got a good ear. And I think there's like a thing with creativity where like often your taste levels higher than your ability. Yeah. That's very true. For a lot of people, too, I've noticed. Like, you can, like, not know how to play an instrument and have better taste than, like, a virtuoso. Like, obviously, taste is subjective because everyone's different. But, like, I don't know. You totally can. Like, it's just people like the music because that's just my taste. That's just what I like. It's nothing more than that. It's just, like, this, those melodies I pick, those chords I pick. You like them, you like them, you don't, you know, you know. Do you think you've reached a point now where your ability and taste level are, are are matched or do you think that you're still trying to reach something that you can't quite hit yet? I'm always feeling like that, like I can't quite reach it yet, but I definitely have the resources now to do exactly what I want or even better than I would think. I mean, I'm not complaining anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. How did, figure it out. How did you re how did you get to that point to kind of close that gap? Just kind of experiences with other people, realizing what I can and can't do, realizing like what my strengths are and where I need help. I feel like it was kind of recent. I feel like it's just a mental thing, like a confidence thing. That's kind of what, what brought me to like realize 
I can make like kind of my favorite music, you know. At what point did you start to produce? 2016. Okay. And what what drove you into that? I bought a bass and that that made me like kind of figure out about the rhythm section, which is like bass and drums. And that's when like beats started to make sense. You know, just like time signatures and loops and stuff like that. That's when like it really kind of started making sense. And I was just able to just like it was just so easy. It just made sense. What were you making beats on? Logic. Okay. I've always used Logic. What was it that caused you to transition from this thing where you were recording on YouTube beats to being like, I need to take control and make my own beats? Because the beats just weren't good enough. I was on YouTube right. just like looking forever. Just were not good enough. What kind of beats were you looking for? I guess at the time it was like pretty lo-fi stuff. It was just like guitar drums. Or just guitar, just like pretty chords. That was kind of my vibe at the time. Are you still sort of producing drums using a keyboard? Yeah, I still use the computer keyboard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I make all my beats like that. On the records, they sound pretty live, the drums. Is it still, is that all computer keyboard? Yeah, most of them. You just kind of like uh, trigger them. So yeah. like kick, snare. I have a lot of cool drum packs. Some of them are my friends though that play on them. Like some of them I, I hit up like a friend to play on it or something. I just love live drums, they're cool. Because I think it's interesting, I've, I've seen you talking about creating with very little, like especially like, I know stereo you did in an attic, yeah. basically. I feel like if, if no one knew your story, they'd listen to that record and assume there was a lot more involved. Yeah, no, it's just like three people <laughs> just in the attic. <laughs> what was that process like? What was that time like? Like looking back at it, it's crazy because, well, my bassist, that was his kind of attic he lives up there now because no one lived in the attic after i moved out so he was just it's kind of like the dojo we talk about it all the time it's like there's a lot of like creative energy in the walls there's also probably a lot of mold there was like hella mold like <laughs> like not in in that room but like on the side i was like dude we could have gotten super sick but yeah there's there's a lot of like when i go back there it's just it feels really cool i made i made like a song i just recently put out called Frio. I made it there like a few months ago. And it's just like, there just is, it's just, there's some like juju in there. Some like good juju, like creative energy. Cause I mean, that was like kind of where everything started. And I don't know, it was just so innocent. It was just like, I don't know, it's cool. I love it there. I go back there and it's just tight. You Got Me was the song that you first uploaded to Spotify and that blew up for you. How important was that song and the impact of that song in reaching where you are now? I mean, I remember playing that song in front of like 15 kids to like 6,000, you know? That's why like Attic is even, makes it even cooler, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but I remember just, because I, re I remember exactly when I, when I made that song, like the whole day, well, most of the day, I remember... I made it, I had the day off at, from work, and I called my cousin, he lived down the street, I was like, you have to come over, I just made this like really cool song, and he came over, and then I played it for him, he was just like, this is insane, like this is the coolest shit you ever made, I was like, thanks, and it was like before, like any of the music that was out, it was just, you got me, it was just one song, like, yeah. it was just that one, so I hadn't made any other music that's out right now. I don't know, I just remember just being, like, obsessed with it. It was, like, listening to it all the time. And just, like, knowing that, like, I made something that I'm proud of. And that shit still, same thing, still feels like that. Yeah, so I think, like, 
the rest of my career is just kind of chasing that feeling again. <laughs> so you obviously like uploaded it and it hit the Fresh Finds playlist and then kind of became mm-hmm. like a bit of an overnight success. But I wondered, because it was the first song, did that start a sort of pressure to follow up? No, not yet. The pressure didn't start yet. Because like Spotify takes you like three months to pay you. So I was like still super broke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't feel no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, man, I just need to get out of here. Like, that was my whole energy. Then I uploaded, like, other songs I had that I made, like, kind of, like, a few days after. And then just kept going like that. So at that time, there wasn't really, like, a strategy or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just, like, you were making songs and you just upload them when they're Like, the ready. next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point, were you planning to make stereo? Were you working on a project? Or mm-hmm. was it just songs? Yeah, it was just songs. It was an interesting time. It was such an interesting time. So it was, like... It's like a lot of stuff in my personal life was happening and then just like being in the attic, like not making any money to making a lot of money. It's just weird. Yeah. Then like going on tour right after that and then coming back to the attic. It was cool. (laughs) But is it ever difficult because you have these kind of highs and lows of like you're like out performing live and then you're back in the attic? Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. So much shit happened in the attic, dude. That place is like needs to be preserved. (laughs) That place is tight. I'm telling you, if you ever go, it's tight. <laughs> but how did you? How do you navigate? How do you get used to those like Don't. highs and lows of like performing in front of crowds and then suddenly being back to like normality? Yeah, you definitely don't. Still, you don't get used to that. I mean, I've gotten like I've learned to deal with it. It's just kind of. How do you deal with it? Just kind of like just friends, just having right. your friends around and just like kind of make you feel normal again. But um. I mean, it's cool. It's not like a bad thing. Like, it's not bad. It's just different. It's like, oh, this is something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's something that's happening. You just kind of have to, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. How important has performing been for you? Because I know often sometimes when an artist now makes a song in a bedroom and uploads it and it's like goes big, they're not necessarily equipped to perform, but it feels like you've always been a performer on some level, whether it was dance or mm-hmm. performing at talent shows and stuff. Honestly, I just love attention. That's why I love performing. I love dancing. I love dancing because of how, how it made me feel, but and how it looked. I thought it looked so cool. But I always was like, I loved when people reacted to something that I did. So I was just chasing that feeling too. And then I was like, once I realized that I can combine them, <laughs> like, you know, the two worlds, like the dance thing and performing and the music thing it was just like it's a cool medium did you always enjoy performing live or was there ever a pressure and sort of stress involved with that i mean at first yeah because we'd like gig and it'd be like like a heavy metal event and we'd just like play like slow songs so i'd be like man they they hate me then time they're like we had some hecklers we've had hecklers man we we did the whole thing we did the whole pack up you know your mom's car drive three hours for a free show <laughs> yeah like we did th- we did all that shit so it was like the, our first show was like in a basement and like three hours away and that was so sick because all kids our age i don't know probably like 18 19 everyone was just like at a party trying to have a good time they heard there was going to be like some kids performing it was like two three people performing um i was like the second to last one and at that time it was just kind of like rappers so like no one really brought a band ever it was just kind of like backing tracks so uh, 
don't know they 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 took it really well some of them were singing the lyrics because a soundcloud and stuff they, they like knew some of the songs that was like our our first experience with the show so it was like this is cool like we like this you know but then like you go into like you do like the, you know the heavy metal gig and they're like get off stage like just shit like that and then like no one pays you <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that like we just did it because we were there's not shit to do it's like in indiana it's just kind of like work do like psychedelics or something and then like <laughs> that's it <laughs> like work and then like just like fuck around pretty much like get drunk with your friends so we were like we don't care like we'll just we'll go play like there's nothing else to do so and it was fun too how how important was chicago in that time because i know they've got a really popping kind of like live open yeah mic night scene and stuff yeah dude chicago's cool for music we, we were chicago played like a big role on us like starting something in indiana because we would always go to chicago for shows and then we just like i don't know we didn't we just like man let's make indiana like you know that <laughs> so you know we were doing shows in indiana a bunch and chicago we would go there i'd meet a bunch of artists i'd meet a bunch of people and i'd sing over there and it was cool like open mics and stuff that's like my first time performing by myself was at like an open mic in chicago it was cool and then that's people would come up to me like oh you did really good and then like i sang t- i sing too and then like you know just kind of go like snowballs i read something where you were saying the local artists and stuff that you'd meet a lot of them you weren't able to sort of relate to because their process would be completely different to yours yeah yeah and then you saw this frida Kahlo documentary and that that's something that you really related to i wondered if you could talk about that yeah so with with the frida Kahlo movie when i saw it first of all i just love being represented i think it's super cool that like you know like you know mexican art and stuff and how she had like her whole life and just art was just kind of a part of it like it was just like this thing that she did but she also had so much other stuff going on in her life like like her hurting her back in the accident and her and her man's like he was cheating and like they were super in love and then she was hooking up with girls too and i thought like that was just so sick i've always since i was little have seen like frida Kahlo, like her art everywhere and i never like really dove into her until like when i was 16 or something then i was just like she's amazing but i particularly was interested in the fact that it was to do with your creative process right and the fact that other people would be really sort of strict on how they were recording and whereas you're yeah you were a bit more free-flowing with it yeah exactly all of the stuff you were saying about the way that you listen to music and the things that you take from it it makes sense that that the way that you make music is quite quick and feelings based is there any songs that you've had that you've done the other way where you've really like kept going back to it kept trying to perfect it and you've kind of like overdone it yeah and I'm, I'm not gonna make that mistake again yeah i'm gonna keep it like how i do it because like like the older i get the more i realize that i just need to fine tune what i'm already doing like just like sharpen the edges and not like switch up like i hate it when i i go into a session which i don't do often and someone's like oh what's this song about or what's it gonna be about i'm like i don't fucking know <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to just make it. Like, we, we ain't even got nothing yet. You know what I mean? So, like, that's, like, my biggest pet peeve in the studio is, like, when people are trying to, like, f- 
foreshadow, like jump the gun or whatever. It's like, well, what do you want to write about today? It's like, we haven't made a beat. I don't know what we're feeling, like, I, you know, or what I'm feeling. I don't know. I don't know. I just need to get that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> so do the lyrics normally come last for you then in the creative process? They just come with it. Okay. Because, so I'll just like start saying shit and then I'll start writing. It's just like, but I usually, I have to make the beat first. So do you do sessions often? With my friends, yeah. Like yeah. Kenny Beats, then like my guitar player, Oscar, Manny, my bassist, and then probably like my friend Blake, and then that's pretty much it. How did the relationship with Kenny come about? He DM'd me like a long time ago. I didn't see it. He was just like, love you. <laughs> and I didn't know like who he was, but I knew his music, but I didn't know that like the like i knew the woke anything but i didn't know like who he was and then my friend was like kenny beats follows you i'm like for real and then i seen the dm i was like hadn't replied in like a month i was like damn so then I, re- I replied i was like love you too <laughs> we started like sending like pictures and then he s- sent me a picture of him like smoking it was funny because you know how he has a big ass bong <laughs> then uh like we should hang out i'm like okay we hung out and then we made like two songs the first day we met and then now we got like eight or nine songs. How does the process of working with someone like him differ from the way that you were recording in Indiana? It gets pretty similar. He kind of like, not adopted, but like kind of figured out like, oh, this is how Omar works, right. <laughs> you know? And just kind of goes with it. I'll be like, give me a drum loop, make some drums. <laughs> I start playing bass and then we just go from there. So do you think that's the way that it kind of has to work for you? Other people have to kind of adapt to this way that you've created? If it's for me, yeah. yeah. But if I'm working, working with someone else, I'll adapt to them. You know what I mean? Okay. But like, if it's for me, if it's my shit, and it's like, it's like my music, then I'm like, okay. Yeah, you need to do it my way. Otherwise, it's not going to come out good. You've started, obviously, from this ground level of being able to make this really good record from a laptop and a guitar how does working with so little sort of set you up to be able to now now that you have access to everything that you kind of want oh yeah dude it's dope because it happened kind of slowly it wasn't like all like oh here's all this equipment it's just like oh we have the synth i'm like oh synth i've never used a synthesizer and i learned how to use it (laughs) and then it's like oh we have this uh sub and i'm like oh sub you know it's like slowly like over months and shit so like now like I know how to do it, like use everything except yeah. for like drum machines. I don't know how to use that shit. I can like play on them, but I don't know how to like, I don't know how to do that shit. Even between the two EPs that you've put out, how did the process of making friends differ from stereo? It was kind of the same. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of made all of friends at like three different houses. They were all the ones I was living at at the time. I think I made one song in the attic, then one song at this one girl's house I was singing at and then one song at my friend's basement that I was singing at at the time. And so, like probably like one in LA or something. But it's like the same process. <laughs> it's me in front of the computer with a guitar and a bass and just like doing that. How about now that you're working on an album? Is that still the way? No, now now I'm on some other shit. Now I actually like, like I'm I'm actually trying to make something that I'm like really proud of. Not that I'm not proud of like my other music, but I'm just trying to make a great album. <laughs> is there other albums that you look to as blueprints for what a great album is or yeah. what is a great album? And it's kind of, it kind of sucks because I have so many ideas. And I'm like, oh, I could save that for something for another album, you yeah. know? But right now, like the 
my like idols right now is like Sade, The Strokes, Prince. When like idols is like a strong word, but like the music I'm listening to, those like, records, yeah, 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 just like a little bit of Janet Jackson, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been working on that album, dude? Honestly, like I kind of had an epiphany the other day, like, two days yesterday, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck all this music I'm making. I'm just, I'm just I'm I'm gonna keep making more music. Whatever come, whatever's gonna go on it is gonna go on. It's just I don't know." I'm on, like, another frequency now. I don't know. I just really want to make something that I'm, like, truly, like, proud of and, like, obsessed with. I don't think I did that yet. Yeah. Do you think that that's to do with the fact that you're kind of, like, growing so fast? Um, that every time you sit down, you're going to be better than the sessions you did, like, a couple of months ago? Yes. And, hmm, how can I put it? I, I'm looking at it as a whole now. Right. I'm not just looking at it song for song. Cause all the other shit is just song for song. So now I'm looking at, like, I know albums now. If you asked me, like, a year ago, I would have been, like, I didn't really, like, listen to albums front to back like that. I would just pick my favorite songs. But now, like, I've, I listen to stuff all the way through, as you should, and I'm just, and I'm just like, taking notes. <laughs> so it kind of goes back to the YouTube thing or whatever, where it's, like, now that you're trying to make an album, you're studying albums and how they work. 100%. That's, like, exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I literally, like, have... A bunch of al- album playlists that I made of like my favorite songs that I think go together. They're all different artists on like went like thirteen songs of like if this was an album, it'd be a great album. So like I guess it's just a great playlist, but just so I can get like a bird's eye view of like what I want to do. I'm just, I'm still figuring it out, but I never like work to like oh this is gonna go on the album or nothing. Like this is not how I work. I'm just make a bunch of shit do it how i do it pick the shit that i think is like like cohesive with it that's gonna like benefit it and just like like what i want to say is said you know from from these studies of albums that you're doing what do you think makes a great album there has to be like a continuous like whether it's a sound or something or a theme like thematic it just has to go through the whole thing okay so like use the same of something it all feels the same like it's like oh that's from that album it's from the but it's all different but it still feels the same if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah. it's like different but the same like the whole album has one color like you know what i mean like in your head so that's kind of that that's what does it for me and is color and visuals something that it's huge is important to you it's just like talking to my creative director and he's like what do you what do you want like the cover art for like the next single to be and i was like this one has to have green this one has to have blue Right. Like it just has to, otherwise I just like will be very uncomfortable. And he's just like, even we even do it in the light, like the lighting guy. I'm like, okay, this one has to be purple, with a little bit of blues, and like a little red, <laughs> just like that type of shit. I just talk to the lighting guy about it. I'm like, this one has to have greens. <laughs> Every tone of green is fine. You don't have to like you know hide any other greens. It's so important. I didn't realize until like, kind of recently, but. Every song, like subconsciously, that I do in my head has a color to it. So, right. like, if you ask me, like, what color is this one? I'll be like, I tell you right away. So you have synesthesia. I thought I thought it was like it would be more intense if I had synesthesia. Like you see, oh color. maybe I don't know, but definitely it just, it has colors. I wondered what your relationship with genre is because I noticed when researching, like every article lists off some genres that it associates you with but no one can really 
pin you to a certain thing. Good. So I wondered if that's something that even matters to you, whether no. that's something you ever think about. No, I'd, I'd hate to be put in a little category. I mean, I love R&B and soul and funk and rock and, <laughs> you know, rap, everything. But I wouldn't want it to be like, oh, Omar's uh, only uh, funk, only yeah. funk. Can't do nothing else. But I don't, just, I don't know. I think the whole genre thing's stupid. No, it's not stupid. <laughs> Labeling me as a genre is stupid. Like, right. yeah, genres are dope. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, if right. I need to listen to jazz, I'm going to listen to jazz. But um, it puts you in a box. That's yeah. why I don't like it. Your influences that you talk about, they kind of, like, bridge the gap between, like, classic and contemporary. You'll talk about the internet, then you'll talk about Sly and the Family Stone or mm -hmm. whatever. Everything feels timeless that you're talking about, which then filters into your music. Is that the goal to make music that lasts like that? Yeah, that's the only goal. There's so much music that I hear that I'm just like, oh, this is great, but I would never listen to it again. And it's not like the music's bad or anything. It's just like, it doesn't stick with me. And it's good music. Like, if I was at the club, I'd be like, this shit is tight. And everyone's different. Some, some yeah. That might do that for somebody, you know what I mean? But for me, all the songs that I like that are mine are, like, super timeless. and can exist in, like, any era. Like, anybody would be like, this is great, you know? Yeah, and I think I only have, like, three three or four songs like that that, that I think are like that. And the rest are just, like... <laughs> They're cool, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's it, cause that's that's something special. That's like, that's different. You know what I mean? Like when you can play something, in like three years I'll play it. I'm like, that's a good song. <laughs> I want to do that with the whole album, <laughs> every song like that. And I don't, I honestly don't think that I've even done that with like all my music. As you get more successful, there becomes other things that you have to do, promoting the music, performing live, and stuff like that. I wondered mm -hmm. how you find in that balance. You know, we're out here and you're having to do interviews and stuff like that, as well as performing. But you're also trying to think about making an album. How do you deal with all of that? That's a very, re like, relevant, like, question. So, like, I'm so ready to go home and make music. Like, I'm so ready. But I'm also super excited for the show. You know what I mean? So, I kind of just leave the hope. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there. You know, I'm going to get home and I'm going to be able to do what I love to do because on top of everything on top of like all this shit the reason I do what I do is just because I want to make music that's all I want to do like that's literally it just make music performing and everything is something I really love too but that's number one if I wasn't making music it'd be none of the other stuff you know so obviously I'm gonna lean more towards like oh I'd rather just make music but I literally am like stressed like I don't know how to deal with it I just like I just hit up a few friends i'm like dude i can't wait to be home i have so many ideas i just want to like lock myself away and just he's definitely like my manager's like definitely like, heard it i'm like bro i need like we're gonna have to cancel this shit because i'm not doing it because i need to go home and make music you know what i mean just like that 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 thing are, are you kind of blocking out a certain amount of time then once you get back to well tomorrow i'll go back to indiana so I mean, i'm probably gonna go to the attic and make a bunch of shit <laughs> And then I go back to L.A. in, like, December or something, 15th or something. Cool. Yeah. So you get to lock in then and just focus on music. Yeah, so now I'm, like, I'm like I just tell myself, I'm, like, you're on tour, you know? You got to do tour stuff. 
do you feel like you're kind of burning out as well? Because I know you got ill recently and had to Dude, yeah, fuck. Oh my gosh. It's been so bad. The past three shows, I just kind of talked. Well, yesterday I sang a little bit, but I was just like talking the words like this because I literally could not make a singing voice. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> like I just couldn't. And I wasn't going to cancel. I canceled one show and I like went to the hospital right after to like get medication and like the whole like singer thing and then dude it sucked so bad i I just got so sick well my band was sick then i got sick it's different when you have to sing and you're sick like i could play an instrument like if i have the flu i can play an instrument you know (laughs) like but when you blocks right here like this whole area is just fucked up you like speaking you sound crazy so it just has sucked Today, I think I'll be good singing. Yesterday, I was probably like at 70%. Today, I'll probably be like at 90. We got a rock doc, so I don't know. We, it might be good. The doctor who like is sketchy and like <laughs> fixes you. Short-term fixes, yeah. How was it received when you had to cancel the show? Were people supportive? or They were. I didn't look at it too much. Mostly because I don't really have service out here. But um, also like... I saw like one bad tweet and then I was like, like I'm at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing I could do about it. And I was like telling myself like for the shows that I was like kind of just talking at, it was kind of a bummer. I was like, this sucks. This is like in my head. I was just like, this is your, your guys first time seeing me. And it's like this, but I just told myself I did the absolute best I could. I can't give you anything more. Like I literally just can't. It was, I was ill. <laughs> Yeah, so I just told myself that, and it was fine. And it was funny. Like, a lot of the show was funny. Like, the song Have You Got Me, there's, like, this dramatic, like, cue where, like, right before I started singing, I said, baby, there's something you know. Like, everything stopped. And then right when I was supposed to say, baby, there's something you know, I just let out, like, the funniest cough. Like, <laughs> everyone was just cracking up, and then they just started singing the words because they knew I couldn't. So the fans are, like, supporting, helping you through it. Yeah. It's cool. They're they're the best. Oh, they're so good. They're they're so nice to me. Cause dude, I I was fucking stressed. I was like, damn, I really can't sing right now, and I really have like three more shows. <laughs> and so I just went up there and talked, <laughs> did some stand up. I don't even look at the. Usually I look at like show performance videos just to like hear how we sounded that night, you know, or like uh, when I know it was, some parts were fire. I'm like, oh, this when we did this it was crazy but i didn't even look i was just like this is i probably sound terrible and it's embarrassing obviously you're also you've remained independent through all this i suppose there's probably labels interested in stuff but you've stayed with a wall yeah what what are the pros and cons do you think of being an independent artist well obviously the biggest one is just like money (laughs) biggest con the the biggest con yeah but i mean you I'm good. Don't get me wrong. I'm good. But like some people that I knew that kind of like signed early, just like get tons of money. I'm just like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, I can do whatever I want whenever. I don't have to do anything. If I wanted to just throw it all away, I could. I don't owe anybody any money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, I'm chilling. I could put out anything. I can make something and text my manager like, I want to put this out. He's like, okay. You know, like, three weeks i was like okay that whole thing 
do you think the independence is important to you then i mean there's ways like i don't know there's like ways where like if you're smart about it you can still you know be like the next step or you know what i mean yeah like you can you can kind of just you can sign and, and it could be like dope if you do it the right way like the right terms and everything you know you know the business you got your little lawyer <laughs> and you just kind of like yeah it could be cool but for you for now it's independent yeah i'm chilling right yeah. now yeah right now i'm not signed how does it feel now when kids from your hometown or maybe from other places are sending you their music and they're kind of on a similar wave or a similar path to what you it's were cool back? i love seeing that because it makes me be like because indiana's cool man we got james dean michael jackson <laughs> mark cubane freddie gibbs me yeah <laughs> it's cool dude so like good like it makes me happy when i see that like kids sending me music in high school i'm just like this is you guys are awesome i'd go to the shows i've been to a few like local shows yeah i'm, I'm a supporter avid supporter super sick what's been the most difficult thing that you've had to overcome so far in your career i guess just not seeing like my some of my friends as much or family but you get used to it and like anxiety right yeah what gives you the anxiety i have so many triggers like too many like a ridiculous amount now i'm like i'm learning i'm better it was a point was bad i didn't like leave my room right i just stay there all day like stay in the bed like nine hours like wake up at like 11 then stay in bed to like 9 p.m like that whole thing it sucks when was that that was like right after the this last tour yeah and i would only talk to like two people a day <laughs> what helps you to overcome it just like meditating and stuff just like meditating and like friends and family just like talking about it yeah what got you into meditation how did you get started literally i just was not leaving my room and i was like this has to change <laughs> um and then uh and then i was just my friend was like you should meditate i was like okay i got this app <laughs> started just breathing that's all i do is breathe it helps what are you most proud of about what you've achieved so far in your career there's a lot i think the coolest most recent one was the seth myers thing that's that's pretty recent that's pretty crazy like being on tv <laughs> like that's nuts it's kind of like yeah it's always been a dream i love talk shows and lastly what does success look like to you where do you want everything to go i think success for me would just be like a mental space <laughs> like in like like a like a state of mind <laughs> that would be success to me just kind of like successfully living comfortably <laughs> I don't know, just like being proud of my music, being proud of the people around me and like, I don't know, just being a good person. Start going to like my nephew's games or something. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Making time for people other than, you know, like doing stuff, for like giving, you know? I think that's when I've become like a successful like human. But if we're talking like career and stuff, I'd probably be like, I don't know. I feel like I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I don't know. Honestly, I don't think that much about that ever. 
I'm not like, oh, this is gonna, this is what's gonna make me successful. Like, that's no, that's not a, like like a thought that really goes through my brain. Thank you for listening to Making Conversation with Grant Bryden, featuring Omar Apollo. If you like this episode, then please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can find Omar at Omar Apollo on socials and listen to his latest EP, Friends, on all streaming services. You can find me on social media at Grant Bryden. Thank you to Levi's House of Strauss, where this episode was recorded. <laughs>